1: Madam Vice President. No president has ever said those words from this podium. No president has ever said those words. And it's about time.
0: The Betches Sup Podcast. Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman.
2: I'm Brian Russell Smith.
0: I'm Sammy Sage. And this is the Betches Up Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. Happy 100 days. We made it. I mean, we did it, Joe.
3: We did it, Joe. We've been on an emotional roller coaster. And I I have, you know, 100 days, it feels good. How are you feeling?
0: You know, today is also, I realized my second anniversary at Betches. Oh. Oh, oh my gosh. God, I remember. Wow. It was April 29th, because I remember I started I remember the specific remember dates that. because I like remember how exactly how long I, I was unemployed. <laughs> <because> I was always <laughs> thinking about it. But yeah, big day, big day. We did it, Amanda. We did it, Joe.
3: We did it. And we nice. are very lucky to have had you for the past few years. I know I'll personally, say. no, I mean like on a personal level though. If I didn't have you to like bent about the random headlines that come across my desk throughout the day like i actually don't know how i would be here yeah the thing today. about
0: sup is that like yeah we stop recording but like this dialogue goes on all day usually among all of us yeah yeah Yeah.
2: i know i was i knew amanda was for sure watching last night so i was like i want to yeah. tell someone about what i just happened for the brian was sending address, me
0: the cutest yeah. messages he was like birdie looks so happy <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's why I was he excited. He finally got
3: he finally got someone to agree to some of his policies, like I
0: know. at least a shade of them. <laughs> at least a shade of them mm-hmm. he looked way happier than 100 years ago when he was pouting or <laughs> when he was, was just like, a yeah, twinkle in someone's eye <laughs> <For days ago. laughs> exactly exactly today would be an excellent day to pick up either our we did it joe crew or we did it joe hat if you're thinking about buying our merch we are for we've been doing it so far all year just changing up uh, month to month actually starting in m- in march with women's history month where we're donating and just dedicating all of our sales in the sub shop that month. Uh, and we'll have all the copy about where it goes and when every month, but this month is earth justice. Cause it's earth month. So if you're super into that now is the day to pick up some merch from the shop. Uh, lots of cute stuff in there.
3: You only have one more day.
0: Really? really? You only have oh, one yes. more earth yeah
2: right only that's have one more earth
3: <laughs>
0: more, more <yesterday>, importantly <laughs> i got the one yesterday that has the betch logo betch's lo- new logo thing but it's an earth and it looks amazing in person it came out really good
3: i need like, to get that um yeah. i'm gonna i'm gonna buy it using my discount code
0: <laughs> yes exactly i've almost <laughs> run out of my discount codes <laughs> But I keep testing it anyway. So like we said, all three of us watched Joe Biden's address last night. We actually changed the cold open to today's episode to that. I found it to be an incredibly moving moment when he introduced Madam Speaker and Madam Vice President. I was surprised by how moved I was by that moment. What about you guys? I I was. um, I I was like...
3: I, for some reason, was totally checked out on this. Like, I wrote the morning announcements at, like, 6. I was like, yeah, they'll find out about the address. Maybe the address yeah. won't be a big deal. But then it was like, oh, I can't leave this out. Mm. Like, this is important. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I'm
2: just like, I know it's, it's, it. I, I, I remember, like, you do get that feeling again of when they first won a bit, you know? Oh, I think, yeah. like, That was really nice. I think that's when it was really affecting me with being Madam Vice President, especially then and like here and now it's like, oh, it's official, official. And I'm just wanting I'm just wanting it to be an all three women show.
4: Yeah.
3: But I did think it was good um, how Biden like actually acknowledged that in like a real way that was humbled and. He's a good he guy. He was genuinely,
0: genuinely thrilled by it. Like, there's a moment where he's, help, he's, he like mouths and you can kind of hear it. He just says like, oh, Nance, God love you.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's
0: such a good guy. Well, she,
2: and she was the first, and she was the first female speaker of the house too. So it's just She's like actually, both of these. and yeah, actually, yeah. And only, I guess, yeah. uh, at this up until now, but.
0: You're right, Brian. That, that image to me was like, I was like, oh shit. Democrats are in charge. Like, we are Mm -hmm. in charge. We are there. Also because... Don't take it for granted. I know, exactly. As everybody clearly noticed, the session was a pared-down affair without the typical packed theater of a State of the Union. Even though it was just a joint session, usually there would probably be more people there. This was partly because of COVID and partly because of security concerns. Of course, this was the first joint session since January 6th. There were only about 200 guests compared with the typical over a thousand or so. I actually was reading that Republicans were like not really desperate for invites, while Democrats were really trying to get them. I think Schumer gave them out via a lottery, but I don't know. It kind of seemed like our faves were there. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How did Ted Cruz get there? <laughs> That's a good point. He just—I mean, so let's. T- I found that this gave the the event a really like interesting energy, at least at the beginning. What did you guys think? Yeah, what you said was a rehearsal dinner vibe. Right, yeah. Like, it's just the people that you either love or it's, like, your in-laws who are just being quiet and you're ignoring them. And, like, <laughs> it was a weird vibe. It's, like, somebody's always just making a speech. It I was do a vibe. I
2: feel like it shortened the the length of the applause breaks, which I appreciated, because when you watch those, it is just so fucking ridiculous how often there are those, like, like long applause breaks and they all stand mm-hmm. up, like oh my god this time i didn't bother me as much maybe because they were like going through them quicker because they didn't have to like corral less people like a thousand uh, like they didn't have to they didn't have to stop a thousand people from clapping or like half of that you know
0: yeah i think that's probably it and then you never have that like errant person that's like i was just gonna say the nicole (laughs) because i just mean the other person that's like starts it back (laughs) up again (laughs) like i mean it's the best way (laughs) Like the co
1: at yes.
4: yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah that is, is the that person is... in the
0: meeting who we all adore, but who is always the one who is oh like, also, what about this? But yeah, I think when you don't that's have such that... an archetype, but yeah. like you know, he was probably missing that person that's always like the clapping's about to go down, and then it's like, oh, yeah.
3: Yeah, we probably yeah. had a little bit. Uh, <laughs> it was bit. long. Here's the thing. Like, I was ready for
0: bed by the Okay, end. so I want to talk about, <laughs> yeah, like, too. the main critique, which we will get to about uh, the speech, was that it was boring. And I also think it was boring, and we'll get to that. But I want to add a little bit more color that I read this morning in the playbook and that we all, the political playbook, in which we all saw, which was, there's this hilarious image of Joe Manchin. He looked ridiculous. He looked like a like a rodent that lives there in the night. He was just, like, sitting in the dark, taking notes. Um, the speech transcript is published. <laughs> No need to take your notes. Ted Cruz fell asleep. Romney was clapping a lot, like at the appropriate times, as we as a lot of people remarked, you know, Republicans were not clapping for the Violence Against Women's Act. They were not clapping to reduce child poverty, except for Mitt Romney occasionally did. When Mitt Romney got frosty and started pouting is when we started talking about taxing the rich. And then he started frowning. (laughs) Which house? (laughs) Exactly. That's what I thought of, too. And Lauren Boebert was wrapped in. um, She was trying to be a troll and wrapped herself in an emergency foil blanket. And Patrick Leahy, which if you don't know who he is, he's literally just the other Bernie Sanders. He's the old senator from Mm -hmm. Vermont. He was taking pictures. He's the president
3: pro tempore.
0: Oh, that's yeah. He's actually
3: kind of important.
0: He is important. He was taking pictures with a camera, like an actual camera, which I just thought was delightful. That's quaint. He's 81. So (laughs) as we were saying, it's hard to sort of talk style versus substance here because I think the substance was the style. That's generally Joe Biden's speaking style. He just, it's not the most inspiring way to talk i wish we could have watched it on 1.5 speed but that is basically the single critique that the right has let's listen to i put together a little compilation of reactions from fox news last night and this morning let's listen
1: before we get to the socialist utopian uh, authoritarian statism of joe biden he just continues he wants control of your life he's going to control how much meat you can eat look i think the speech tonight
2: uh, you could sum up in three words, boring, but radical. Uh, the speech by design was was calm and dulcet tones. Uh, y- you know, I challenge you to remember a single line from the speech.
3: I've just got to say, to hear Tim Scott say, America is not a racist country, that is what the American public wants to hear. And there's,
1: there's no doubt that his writers copied a few of President Trump's lines, but I'll tell you what Joe Biden can't copy president trump's charisma, yeah, but it's like he's a corpse i mean you can't you can't it's unwatchable, you know, I think this is going to be a popular speech uh with with the American public
0: that at the end there was Chris Wallace. <laughs> Who, um, I mean, some could argue has a brain and can process accurate information. But that was a mix of Kaylee McEnany, Stephen Miller. All the only Mm. critique they had was that they did not find it to be riveting. I do remember multiple lines from the speech, notably trickle down and economics does not work. When I heard Ted Cruz say that, I was like, I remember a bunch of lines.
2: Yeah, I was like, I do remember a bunch of lines. And I also think like I think it was what people wanted, like. People want to know, what are you going to do to, to to solve the issues that are happening right now? We are, you know, the worst, one of the worst unemployment times ever. We, you know, the climate is changing. People are starting to really recognize it across the aisle even now. And especially like voters and people like, like are, are sick and tired of Trump saying crazy shit. And we're sick and tired of it. And I think it was what people wanted. I think people wanted like a, an adult in the room telling us how they're going to, what they're going to do. Cause I just like, I think about all the Trump speeches and like, I never, w- I was always came back from it. i like, that was fucking crazy, but like, I didn't know what they wanted to do. I never like mm-hmm. felt like they had a plan for anything. And this was like, pl- here's the plan for this. Here's a plan for that. Here's a plan for this, that, that, and this. And I think that is really Effective like that's what they're supposed to be doing is like making plans and doing shit. Yeah.
3: Well, I think it's important to remember that the Republicans don't have an agenda. Their only agenda is to get richer for themselves and their small cohort of donors and to essentially ignore everyone else. And that's and and therefore their pop their uh, tactics are fully obstructionist like they, they never Tim Scott's response wasn't like we don't think you should do this. We think you should do Like, it wasn't like, okay we don't Mm -hmm. think we should do universal daycare. We think we should do larger tax credits. Like if there would be an actual response to what Biden suggested, like that would maybe be a functioning democracy, which we're not in. So it's really like it's just sort of to to think that they're going to make any sort of like good faith policy argument is just we're so far past that.
0: Yeah, I think that's the question I wanted to ask you both. We we can just address Tim Scott's response right now, which uh, my sense from it was that he did not react bit by bit to these. He did not make he made a lot of points, but did any of them come together in like a compelling a compelling narrative about what their party stands for?
3: What it what what I got from that was like a culture war commentary. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like he was trying to he was basically trying to be like the Republican party isn't racist. The democratic party is racist. And if it weren't for like Republicans helping me, I would not like, mm-hmm. I would not be here. And then he had this like weird false equivalence of like the coronavirus pandemic with like his own childhood. And I'm just like, you weren't, <laughs> this doesn't make right. any sense. It's
2: a rebuttal. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. Like you're saying, cause they have no agenda. And if to truly rebut what Joe Biden said would be to rebut it with what you plan on doing, as opposed to just being like identity politics and all of this shit, like that clip we just listened to when they talk like about the meat in your mouth, like Joe Biden wants to take the meat out of your mouth. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Do you think people are like,
0: they already also- disproved that Fox had to post a retraction saying that, that that's not true. But Kevin McCarthy, that was Kevin McCarthy repeating it
2: we have an obesity problem in this country. Maybe we should take some meat out of people's mouths. Like, come on, Jesus.
3: I don't think meat's the problem. I think it's overly processed and um, factory foods that if you it's look at like food. the ingredients in like your and uh, on food deserts, like the fact that if you drive through the country, you can't get any fucking food. <laughs> like, exactly.
2: I've driven cross country twice. And the only places to stop are like McDonald's, Applebee's, yeah it's crazy in Anyways. iowa
3: there is like like most of the state of iowa does not have like foods that you can stop for like i no, can't yeah, and a I'm... lot of
0: a lot of like EBT stuff is not you can't really get fruits and vegetables and with wick and stuff mm-hmm. you they basically can police what you get and yeah that's I would love to talk to Kevin McCarthy about how to improve Americans diets to make them more nutritious and wholesome. I don't really think that is his objective. But like you said, when uh, Michelle Obama tried to do that, they were like, she's a
3: liberal. They're eating. They're eating arugula. You're going to have to eat arugula.
0: (laughs) No, (laughs) Michelle Obama. She's just arugula girl.
1: (laughs) (laughs)
2: Oh, nice. That was good, Amanda. I appreciate that.
0: I've used it before just about myself.
3: Oh, anyway, OK, fine.
0: No, as you said, with the with the Tim Scott thing, he's sort of so he is obviously the only black Republican in the Senate, maybe one of like a dozen black Republicans overall. I don't know. I guess there's more than that. But he did. There was this sort of like implicit, uh, like keep, keep the government out of our lives. And that's how we can all thrive. They offered no actual solutions and they just framed. It was strange because he framed Biden's ideas as wasteful spending, but did not dispute the idea that we should, the government should be spending to help the American people. He was like, this is wasteful. We should do less wasteful spending. I would love to hear what they have in mind for that, but he did not say anything. And another thing that stood out for me was that he tried to frame the voting rights bill moving through congress basically as like an insult to the civil rights movement and that any attempt by democrats to make it seem like this is a continuation of the work done in the 1960s of, of a process that is incomplete is is a bad faith move and again offered no no reason for that other than it, there's no logic yeah, it's yeah. just it's <laughs> it's just words there's no I, logic I mean other than I guess the sinister logic is that they just assume that if tim scott says it people will believe People that want to believe it will believe it's true.
3: Yeah. I mean, or think, you could say they leave Tim Scott out to dry and trot him out when they need, like, they need to make a point. He, uh, oh, yeah.
2: He, I don't think he's there to get black people to vote for Republicans. You're I think he was right. there to make white people feel better mm-hmm. about themselves. Yes. You know, I like, I think it kind of, it's, it's, I mean, it like that's how what I was trying to trying to say the other day about Caitlyn Jenner. Yeah, is like she, I, I could see them sort of pushing her, Republican Party, to make the Republican Party voters feel better about voting Republican because like, well, they can't be that anti-trans because there's Caitlyn Jenner.
3: Right, like we're not bigots, and and it, it, yeah, that I is mean, really what it is. It's like trying to create a permission structure for people who don't want to maybe feel bigoted. To yeah. allow themselves to vote for the bigoted party, and
0: that's what Kaylee, That's exactly what Kaylee McEnany said in that clip. She said he said that it's not a racist country, and that's what the American public wants to hear. She followed that up by saying, um, "Our original sin does not have to stay with us forever."
3: No, it doesn't. That's if you rectify it, excellent. Um, how do you? <laughs> yeah, not according to Christians, not according <laughs> to Christians.
2: <laughs> what are you talking about?
0: <laughs> right, yeah, Kaylee. Come on. She definitely probably has like a cross tattooed on her like hip bone or something. That's, yeah, (laughs) she seems like the type.
4: Hey, American Fever Dream listeners. I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift because now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click
0: So let's address Joe Biden's speech, The Substance. The speech, to me, it was basically an appeal to the American people to trust him to solve our nation's most chronic problems. He hyped how much the country has accomplished in his first 100 days, during which we exceeded 200 million shots. As of this morning, half of American adults have received a dose the economy has made. We're not looking amazing, but we're looking like we're on a path back to before the pandemic began, and that is largely thanks to the $1.9 trillion stimulus. I should hope so. Like, That's a lot of money. These things are all a lot of money. So it's really fantastic to see that investing this kind of money, which we have not been able to do before, does have a really healthy return. This morning, news broke that the number of Americans applying for unemployment benefits, it dropped by 13,000 last week to around 550,000 which the point of that is that is the it's the lowest level since the pandemic hit last march. It is not yet where we were at pre-pandemic levels, but it suggests that that's the path that we're on. So the right has been calling Biden's agenda a progressive wish list. My instinct is always to be like, no, it's not, but I'm kind of like maybe it is and is that that's fine. It
3: is. And the reason I uh, the reason I do kind of perceive it that way is because, like, as as we were, we were watching, it did start sort of start to feel a bit laundry listy. Like you thought it was going to be over. And then it's like he's like, and am voting rights yeah. and the George Floyd <laughs> Justice and Policing Act. And it's like, OK, it's a progressive wish list. But I think you were talking about this. It must have been Tuesday Um where the problems are so deep and structural and we literally have gone through a transformative time in the economy with the pandemic with we're barely even caught up to like the internet no. age yeah. like it, like the government wise so it's like yeah we need to do some big things to catch up to like the current moment and i mean there's so many areas in which this needs to happen but so, yeah, it's a little bit of a progressive wish list. And I'm not mad. I'm like, great, it, we need to do it, something.
2: It, if there's ever a time to propose and make big structural change, it is now. And it's always in these times of, you know, war, pretty much like, you know, we, you can compare the, what we went through the mm-hmm. past year to a war time. And that's like it's like FDR shit. It's like get this stuff you have to get the big stuff going now because it is so evident how much you need stuff like this.
3: Exactly. It's true.
2: And we don't call Social Security, like all the things that were these big things that happened, like we don't call that radical stuff now. It just is what it is, you know, because it was done. So, you know, 10, 20 years from now, it'll be it is what it is. <laughs> the idea
3: of a weekend was once radical. So everyone mm-hmm. can shove it with their radical bullshit. Like, like it's only radical if the people in charge don't want it to happen. I think it's pretty radical mm-hmm. to just like, re- just to cut taxes for the rich and the fact that Apple doesn't pay any, any taxes. Like, that's pretty radical to me.
0: Yeah, I think mm-hmm. that's what... I think Biden sort of got at this, but I wanted him to get out more, which is basically that like the there is enough money in this country to do all this. There is plenty. The scarcity problem that Republicans have created is fake because they there is plenty of money. but like you said, like at one point progressives like Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren were just like they were beaming. There was a funny clip of Elizabeth Warren. Like I can't really explain it, but like as Biden was like litching off the thing, she was just like, Yes, she was like fist bumping and like shaking her like she couldn't believe what she was hearing. And that's her, that's them. Like they really were such a huge part of the transition. And I just can't believe that they designed all of these policies in that transition and like we're ready to go. And hundred days in, we have, I mean, six trillion dollars worth of spending, uh, which is a lot in in three months to consider, but it's amazing what you can do when you're not concerned with only you getting richer.
2: Yeah. And I think it shows like, I really like, I always want to try and stay away from like, you know, like p- putting politicians on a pedestal, but it shows, it, it does show how good, like a good boss is when they know that other people are good at what they do and they just, they 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 have them do it regardless of like like his competitors J- bernie sanders and elizabeth warren like he knows he kn- like like he knows that they like good 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 bosses hire good people and like we did not have that for the past 4 years and they and you let them take credit for it and you let them shine for it mm-hmm. and i think that's why everyone liked him like you like the idea of seeing bernie being like so happy and excited like it's a year ago when they was
0: it's pretty unbelievable. <laughs> it's unbelievable at all. I've never seen him that happy. <laughs> and
2: like, I think like, I think that shows it says a lot about the way the Biden ministri- administration is running their operation that they have Bernie Sanders like, flipping so excited about what's happening.
0: Right. <laughs> the thing about Joe Biden that for some reason I tend to like forget because he looks like an old stodgy conservative is like he's a Democrat. favors democratic principles he actually has evolved along with the party and that direction and he does seem humble like i am not like you said brian like he knows that the the party wasn't didn't elect him because of him they weren't like i love joe biden i'm going to trust all of joe biden's whims and what his personal beliefs and persuasions are he knows that like Progressives elected him because he was the candidate and it was a fascist and he knows that like he owes it to them. And it's I don't know why it is still surprising to see it all happen, but it's very surprising.
3: Well, I think I think what's surprising is not necessarily like the policy changes he's made. I think that for a very long time, I don't we we haven't had like real leaders who are not who are willing to sort of like not make it all about them. And who are willing to sacrifice, or I don't even want to say sacrifice, willing to, like you said, like give credit to other people, willing to negotiate with other people. You can even see like when he sort like the way he interacts with the other senators, like he is a I, I mean, this is totally unobjective journalism, but like he is a guy with a good character. And that matters ultimately for leadership so much more than like skill or being like the smartest or having the best policy because like you can get the best policy but what he does is so different and it makes it easy to easier to embrace him because he's not like this like hardline arrogant guy and i just yeah. think he's like literally exactly what we need in presidents in general like that, that type of character, like deeply good, almost like old school character. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: Well, like they should, they they should be out for they they should be a public servant. They yes. shouldn't be a individual trying to make, indiv- like to better themselves and the people in their similar situations. Like mm-hmm. it seems like uh, like it seems like he wants to actually. Pass laws that will help people.
3: <laughs> yeah. Imagine that he cares about the differences. Like <laughs> I think, even with like a lot of past presidents, like yes, they cared maybe about like maybe Bill Clinton cared about like most people, but I it really does feel like Bill Joe Biden actually cares about. Everybody. And he sees the country as like, you're only as strong as your weakest or your most downtrodden or most vulnerable people. And I think he really understands that. And therefore, he is and because he actually believes it in his heart is able Mm -hmm. to project that care. So you 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 actually like want to hear what he's saying. So
0: Right. Yeah. And I feel like in his administration, his actions have spoken better than his words because he Mm -hmm. doesn't always speak amazingly when he talks about race or when he talks about gender. I think he hasn't had, I don't know if he's had any sexuality gaffes, but, but probably, but he's taking the actions and letting other people do the speaking and just doing what he does best, which is like, I saw Al Sharpton was saying this morning that like Joe Biden doesn't try to be an amazing orator; He knows that's not his strength. Like he just wants to get the facts out and when he does like like you said right it makes sense it was a little laundry listy but it was like and and because of a we can do b so he yeah. sort of formally introduced a huge part of the upcoming agenda last night and that's the american families plan these plans are hard to differentiate because they're all like american something like american unimpeachable noun plan, whether it's jobs, rescue, like you can't argue with it. American rainbows plan. (laughs) (laughs) The plan would, I think we talked about this on the show earlier this week, so we won't get too in the weeds, but the the main headlines are that it expands free education for kids to pre-K, mandates paid parental leave, and allows for free community college. So let's listen to how he framed this.
1: When this nation made 12 years of public education universal in the last century, it made us the best educated, best-prepared nation in the world. It's, I believe, the overwhelming region that propelled us to where we got in the 21st — in the 20th century. But the world's caught up or catching up. They're not waiting. I would say, parenthetically, if we were sitting down, we set a bipartisan committee together and said, OK, we're going to decide what we do in terms of government providing for free education." I wonder whether we'd think, as we did in the 20th century, that 12 years is enough in the 21st century. I doubt it. 12 years is no longer enough today to compete with the rest of the world in the 21st century. That's why my American Families Plan guarantees four additional years of public education for every person in America, starting as early as we can.
0: So, Brian, this reminded me of the point that you made on, I think, Monday's podcast, which was that when did we all decide, like, at some point we decided that education was necessary and we've just never revisited that concept. I thought, did you think he effectively got that across?
2: I think he did, because he talked about how when this this system was established, this is what was necessary to survive in the world, to get a job. Um, and uh, obviously now that has changed, like, but I also thought what was really effective too, is that when he talked about creating all these jobs, he's, he even pointed out and you don't need a continuing education for these jobs. Like you are capable, you are, um, what's the word qualified for these jobs. So I think both, both are really important that, you know, we need to not require these further education degrees for certain jobs, like, you know, and also if if you do need it, you need to be able to easily get one in this country. So I think he did a, I think he did a good job explaining that for sure.
0: Yeah. The basis of this, he went on to say was that a bunch of studies show that children who go to school earlier, and he made a point of specifying, not not daycare, school, like school when you're a little kid, you're much more likely to graduate from high school. This plan would also add two free years of community college. So the idea is that like, okay, you can get people much more likely to graduate high school. And then maybe those people are much more likely to be able to go to community college and then get some sort of advanced or associate degree that sets them up with a much better income than they should have otherwise, and I think that's such an important like consideration is that a lot of people took on a little student de- debt because they were just sort of lied to and and misled about the opportunities that do exist with certain types of degrees. Like we, all of us were, were grew up like you have to go to college for four years, and mm-hmm. I know a lot of people doing jobs that they didn't need to go to college for four years, but they are paying back debt. Well, something
3: that's like um, something interesting, a a friend of mine works for she works for Verizon and she we were talking about like diversity pipelines and how like it's 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 obviously like challenging. And she was saying how like one of the things that works is getting rid of the college degree requirement Mm. unless you're like obviously like a doctor or a lawyer. But like, you know, even like you know, it's just yeah. if you get rid of that, it helps open things up so much more to people because it is because of kind of like that whole, like, what happened with the student loans and like mm-hmm. screwing people into thinking like they need this or that education. And then they maybe can get a job. Maybe they can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah. think about like Caitlin has said it on the podcast, like Caitlin started college, but she did not finish. I would hire Caitlin for yeah. any job I ever yeah. had open. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah. Her, her analysis of the state of this thing last night was so good. I'm like, it's like what she's thinking as she's watching the speech. I'm thinking like, wow, they have a nice Jill. I really like Jill Biden's dress. Like literally like that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, oh, Joe's so cute. Caitlin's is like, like, well, like I've been saying, yeah. Yeah, like incredibly detailed, thoughtful analysis that, like, you're not getting on the cable news channels. No. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need college to be smart. Yeah, exactly.
2: I have a question. This is a little (laughs) off topic, but do you think it's weird when people put their GPA on their resume?
3: Yeah, I do. Unless they are literally right out of college, unless it's an entry level job, like, Literally, you are you just graduated. That's the only time I would say it makes sense because then it kind of shows like, oh, I you worked harder, you didn't. But right. after yeah. your first job, no.
2: Yeah, someone took, like we had a job opening at Betches and someone sent me their resume and it, it, it was like for like a higher up job and they had their GPA. And I was like, what?
3: what do you, also, yeah, no,
0: it's it does
4: ago.
2: not need to
0: be there. <laughs>
2: like eight years ago,
0: <laughs> especially if it's like a four point. If it's less than a four 0, don't put it on there. right. If you
1: have a yeah. four point.
0: maybe you could keep it on
3: for your second job.
1: <laughs> yeah,
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. You work so hard and that's the only like and literally but what do you guys think Joe Biden's GPA was? three
0: four i he's definitely I, got three I, I four energy
3: know. he has maybe strong like, three four energy
0: strong three four energy maybe oh, wow, this three is so seven. Fun. should we should we guess <laughs> <laughs> we should maybe oh that would be a fun tiktok we just guess the college gpas they might oh, be yeah. out there i mean we still don't know donald trump's so.
3: oh what was obama's i bet his was pretty good he has three like to be good he has
0: like 3.89 yeah. energy he does, but he talks about, like, wasn't he, like, not as serious about school as a teenager? He's no, like, I'm talking identif- about college. College. Well, I identify with Obama because we bolted poorly in high school and then had to transfer to Columbia. So.
3: <laughs> oh. oh, no. But again,
0: on your resume, the
3: only thing. Exactly.
0: There's just guess, one school. Well, I, like, I don't put the other one. <laughs> right. No
3: one's, yeah. like, no one's, like, telling their whole story. Like, well, I had a C first semester. Like, no one
0: cares. Yeah. So I want to end just on how we would pay for all of this, um, because that is the huge hurdle. That's what Republicans are bringing up. And I think it is a big barrier for Americans who are hearing numbers like this and are like, oh, my God, like we just had a pandemic. Who's going to pay for this and how? Because nobody has any money to spare and nobody really wants to be taxed more. This plan would also cost a trillion in change. At this point, as I mentioned, Biden's agenda costs about $6 trillion. That is stuff we've already spent and he wants to spend. He emphasized straight up that Wall Street needs to pay for this. It needs to play its part. These are now my words, but Wall Street needs to contribute to society. Joe Biden said outright trickle down economics does not work. It's never worked, which was a pretty shocking sentence to hear from a president, even though it's true. Economists have said this for ages. My question is, before we move to our final topic today, is do you think that Biden has effectively conveyed to the middle class that you will not be asked to pay for these things? You can have these amazing things without having to pay for them. There is plenty of money from rich people to pay for them. And what 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 will it take to get that through? Or does it matter? I, it
3: definitely matters. Absolutely matters because the Republicans want to tell you that it you're paying for it no matter what level you're at. I think he. I think that message could be more. Could be more effective. I think that's like one thing that needs to be drilled into people's heads. Like you are not paying for it. Like it is. Yeah. The companies that are paying for it. Also, I know you talked about this. Also on Tuesday, is they want to give eight, 80 billion to the IRS to collect the money that's owed. Apparently, that could raise six. I heard Andrew Ross Sorkin say that that could raise six hundred billion
0: dollars a year. So yeah. like. Yeah. A, a listener sent me a really good article um, to follow up on that. I'm glad we brought this up because uh, for every $1 the IRS spends on that effort, they recover $7, five to $7. Oh, wow. So it's huge, That's... huge.
2: Well, and this also with, you know, the treasury secretary, Jenny Ellen's like, corporate tax around the world i think that's he didn't obviously didn't get into that but i think that plays a part in making sure well he did talk about mm-hmm. how people rich people and corporations put their money in offshore bank accounts to not have to pay taxes on it they're, they're they want to stop that and that's going to be huge
0: yeah absolutely
2: but yeah, they need to make they need they need to come up with like a jingle or something. Like yeah. so we all You're know. You're not gonna
3: pay. You're not gonna yeah. pay. It's yeah. gonna be Jeff Bezos and yeah. FedEx. That's,
2: yeah. I mean, um, how
0: could you argue with that? And the Waltons. <laughs>
2: yeah. Um I also think what he said like 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 this is like uh how he addressed like the trans community was really important. Because, you know, Republicans are really using him as the other right now and to make people fearful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was just like and people like obviously he, his words need to have actions attached to them. But he like he said, like young people, like he the president has your back. And I was just thinking like that's so powerful because, you know, trans kids are most likely to commit suicide. And I was thinking like there's probably some young kid he, he could have saved. A bunch of lives just by saying that. So
3: totally Charlotte Clymer tweeted that a few times. Like it's on, un- it's on, un- you can't overstate how many lives have been saved by that. And it is so important that the president, you, yeah. the people, the citizens feel like the president has your back. And if you know that, mm-hmm. that the president has, the- has the back of the most vulnerable people, then he probably will have your back. And like, it's just, it was just so lovely. When he it says was. That. And it
0: just felt like such a explicit rebuke to Trump. The, the President has your back. like the President has your back now. it's it's over, you're gonna mm-hmm. be okay, which of course needs to be matched with action. I want to address one final top line headline today in our last few minutes because we just can't not. Um, it also involves where the former president was during the uh, the joint address last night. So yesterday, federal investigators raided the Manhattan home and office of Rudy Giuliani. The Justice Department is investigating him for improperly disclosed relationships with foreign and government officials. Basically, he just like coordinated with them and you have to register to do that. But this is probably part of the broader probe into Giuliani's dealings in Ukraine during the Trump presidency. Trump went on Fox News, I believe this morning, to comment on this. And he said, it's like so unfair. (laughs) (laughs) he went on he continued he elaborated uh added some words to this vocabulary he said it's like so unfair and such a double it's like such a double standard i don't think ever anybody's ever seen it before ever nobody's ever seen it before i I,
3: look i i hate even talking about him i feel like i'm gonna throw up
0: i know exactly Uh, i you know i wanted to meme that (laughs) but i was like i'm not gonna do it because he's not funny I shared an Oscars jokes, okay. thing
3: and I kind of regret doing it. No,
0: I liked that.
3: It was funny, but I regret it because I worry that we're bringing us back. I, I worry that it brought us That'd back to yeah. a little 2014 energy
0: of like, oh, how funny and stupid. Yeah. It was a nice release when he was in power. Like it felt good, but now I don't think it's, you're right. It, it'll sort of soften him again as being this idiot. Yeah. Yes.
3: I yes. mean,
2: I think that uh, the fact that the federal investigators were able to Get a warrant to raid the Manhattan home of Rigiani is a lot. (laughs) Like, the fact that they were. So it's like they have something because they had to, they were able to get in there. You have to have a good reason to be able to raid a lawyer, a lawyer's apartment.
3: Especially from someone who they know that what they do with him will make a huge splash. Like, it's put from a, I hate to say it, but like politically, it is a bad look because it looks like you're investigating your enemies. And I mean, it. so I don't yeah. think they would do it unless like they are pretty sure that he is going to be convicted of a crime.
0: Yeah, this morning, um, Jen Psaki was on CNN and they, they asked her, did you know that the DOJ was going to do this? She was like, no, that's the point. We have nothing to do with what they do. They do what they want. So this will be a fun story to watch. That's our show. Until the end of Democracy, I'm Amanda Duberman.
2: I'm Brian Russell-Smith.
0: I'm Sammy Sage. And this is the Betches SUP Podcast. The Betches SUP Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Sean Kilby. Editing by
3: Jorge Morales-Pico. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore SUP on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails to SUPPod at Betches.com.
1: Betches.